Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Sunday. Glory to God. Do you see the need for a new building now? Man, we had just about standing room only in the second service and also had, I mean, in the second service, had a large crowd in the first service. So glory to God. We are believing God, keeping the switch of faith. Everybody say, switch of faith. Say, keep the switch of faith turned on. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2 this evening. I've got about 24 minutes. I can I can teach and preach to you, then we can get back to the John Wayne Marathon <laughs> on the movie channel, amen? Just kidding. Now, I want to look at some things tonight I believe that will help you. In teaching on, on Friday night when we did our communion service on Good Friday, uh, using Scripture out of Hebrews, where it talked about the ability of the new birth or salvation uh, to change you from the inside out. The Bible talks about our conscience, which actually means our lifestyle, how the blood of Jesus, not the blood of bulls and goats, the blood, blood of bulls and goats could not do that, but the blood of Jesus can do that. Uh, a lot of times in Christianity, what causes great failure in men and women, and frustration, because if you live this way, you'll always be frustrated, and anything you're frustrated about, you'll do anything you can do to get away from it, because you don't like frustration. But the reason many people get frustrated with Christianity is because although they are, they are saved, and they recognize and realize that their sins have been forgiven, and they, uh, they have an assurance on the inside of them, if they were to die, they would go to heaven, uh, they still struggle with living a Christian lifestyle because of an over- abundance of sin consciousness or an overabundance of thinking about or a realization of that which is wrong with you instead of an abundance of thinking about and realization and reality of that which is right with you. Now we've used the scripture over there in Colossians where it talks about being delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Now Israel being an example uh, that generation that came uh, out of Egypt only had one crossing in them. They came out, but they didn't go in. Amen. They stayed in the desert and died in the desert. Uh, sad to say that's what happens to many Christians. Uh, they come out of darkness. They come out of sin. Uh, but they live a very frustrated uh, life. I'm reading a, a, a book right now by uh, Judson Taylor. He was a, uh, an evangelist back in the 1800s. And he talked about his conversion. And he said... One of the things that hindered his conversion was back when he was a young boy, which has been back in the 1830s. That was way back, 1830, 1835. He said, to be born again or to become a Christian was to become, quote, serious. That's what they would say about people. Well, they've gotten, quote, serious. And he said, you know, once I got saved, I realized, you know, I'm not going to be one of, those that, one of those that become, quote, serious. I want to be joyful. I want to be happy. I want people just to look at my countenance, at my face, and see my face and countenance and say, I want what he has. Amen. Well, you can't do that if all you're ever conscious of is your failures, your faults, your misgivings, your, your mis whatever you've gone through. If you're constantly reminded of all of that and you keep that in the forefront of your thinking, 
then you are failure conscious. You are sin conscious. You are unrighteous conscious where God doesn't want you to be that way. Now, first of all, you know, uh, you, you shouldn't live in sin. You shouldn't be practicing habitual sin in any way. If you're struggling with some weakness in your life, then work on it. Uh, continue to ask for forgiveness. Uh, continue to appropriate the blood of Jesus. Uh, continue to use your confession. Come against that until you experience the deliverance you need. Amen. But in the meantime, quit living so conscious of your mistakes and failures. Because the more you're conscious of your mistakes and failures, the more condemned you're going to be. And the more condemned you are, the more guilty you're going to be. The more guilty you are, the less likely likely you're going to be to get around the people of God or the things of God. Because you don't want to be around people or things that make you uncomfortable. Especially if you think somebody may know what you're doing or going through. Can I get a better amen than that? So, so you know, to avoid a, a discomfort, to avoid you just well, you know, you know, I, I really, you know, I love church. I like the singing and the preaching's okay, and and so I, I might I might come in late and leave early if that's okay with everybody. But uh, you know, other than that, I just really don't want to be around it. Well, that that that's a that's an indication right there that you're more sin conscious. You're more conscious of your problems, more conscious of your mistakes, your failures, and God doesn't want you conscious of that. Now, did you find Ephesians chapter 2? Let's, let's look at it just a moment. It says, uh, whoops, I'm in 4. Let me get over to 2. It says, let me, let me begin in verse 1. It says, and, and you hath he quickened. Everybody say, me hath he quickened. So it says, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Now notice the term, who were. Everybody say, I was, but I'm not. Say, I was, but I'm not. So you were dead in trespasses and sins. Now notice verse 2. We're in times past. Ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among, also, among whom also we all, all of us, had our conversation, our lifestyle, in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. Now, that may sound bad, but it's going to sound real good. Before you were born again, it was your nature to disobey God. Before you were born again, you never thought twice about lying. You never thought twice about stealing. You never thought twice about cursing. Anybody ever a good curser? Amen. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you could cuss a blue streak on Sunday morning, never even bothered you. Amen. I mean, you never thought twice about drinking or smoking. You never thought it was just your nature. That's the nature of the human family. That's the nature of us in our uh, condition in Adam. That is the nature. But now you've been born again. So first of all, understand, the reason that you're having a problem with condemnation and guilt is because you are doing something that goes against your nature. Your nature changed the day you got born again. You were obedient to sin and iniquity. You were the servants of unrighteousness. You did have a motivation in you to sin and break the laws of God. Now through the new birth, that has been removed. 
So the problem that you're having is you're still conscious of a nature you no longer possess. So I say, if you no longer possess that nature, why continually remind yourself of it? Even if you are having a problem, even if you are struggling with a weakness, even if you are going through something that you're trying to get deliverance from or rid yourself from, why stay conscious of something that is not your nature any longer? I never worry about messing up during brain surgery. You say, why not? I don't do brain surgery. You say, well, that's, that's, very, that's a very abstract view. That's exactly what I'm talking about. If I'm not a brain surgery, surgeon, why should I worry about messing up somebody's surgery? If I'm not a heart doctor, why should I worry about messing up somebody's heart transplant? If I'm not a lawyer, why should I worry about messing up somebody's court case? That's not even what I'm involved in. I can watch movies about brain surgeons. I can read books about, about heart surgeons. I can go to the courtroom and watch lawyers practice law, but that still does not make me one. You by nature are no longer a child of wrath. You're no longer a child of disobedience. That's not your nature anymore. What you've got to begin to do is to think about, contemplate, and meditate on your new nature. Now notice this, notice this. It says, among whom also we all had our conversation, that's another word for the word lifestyle, in times past. Everybody say past. Say it's past. In times past. In the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of our mind, and were by nature children of wrath. So let's flip that around. You're no longer a child of wrath. You no longer by nature desire the things of the flesh and mind. And you no longer have your conversation among those that are motivated by the, 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 the God of this world and that walk according to the course of this world and according to the prince of the power of the air. So that's not even you anymore. But now notice verse 4. But God, everybody say, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us. So this is a love thing. Even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. Now you've got to get this tonight. If you'll get this tonight, it'll change your life. Literally. This is, this is the life-changing book. I know other guys write books and say, get my book, it's a life-changing book. I tell you, get this one, it'll change your life. This one right here, I guarantee you this one. I can't guarantee theirs. So before you got saved, so before you quit sinning, so before you quit fulfilling the lust of your flesh and of your mind, so before you got the iniquity out and got righteousness, God saved you. You just accepted it at a certain point. So God did the work before so that you could have the benefit after. Now, don't, don't let it go over your head or under your feet. It's really simple. You say, what do you mean? God did the work before so that you could have the benefit afterwards. So if that's true, that means you're still in the process of coming out of the kingdom of darkness 
and still entering into or being translated into the dominion of his dear son. So you cannot usurp the process by allowing guilt and condemnation to stop you from your walk in the Spirit of God or in the kingdom of God. You've got to stay with it no matter how many times you fail, no matter how many times you fall down. The Bible says a righteous man will fall seven times and get up every time. If you will, now notice this, if you will keep trudging forward, if it's little quarter baby steps at a time, but you got that forward lean to you, man, you're doing all you can do to serve God. You're doing all you can do to pray. I mean, maybe it's only five minutes a day. You're doing everything you can do to read the Bible. Maybe it's only two scriptures a day, but you're doing everything you can do, and you still have problems. Every time you fall, as long as you're moving forward, you get up further than where you were when you fell. You don't fall back, you fall forward. All you got to do is fall back enough, and this thing's over. This thing's over. That stuff don't work. I tried that stuff, it don't work. I, got, I went down there and prayed that prayer with that preacher. It, it didn't. Well, that's the problem with that was, is you kept falling backwards. You kept falling backwards and getting up behind the place where you started from. You were putting no effort into your salvation. You were putting no effort. How much effort did you put into your sin life? Did you ever go look for the party or just wait around and say, well, there's going to be a party here sometime, somewhere, you know? You went out and looked for it. You searched for it. You, 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 you looked for that life and lifestyle. Well, if you'll do that in the kingdom and just keep, just keep moving forward. It may be t- there may be times where you'll just be cruising. There may be other times. It might be like walking in goo, man. You're like, oh, man. But when you fall, when you fail, when you hit the ground, you get back up. You'll notice you're a little bit further ahead than where you were last time. You say, how can I do that? God, who is rich in mercy. That means he gives you mercy for your efforts. Some of y'all really need to hear that. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship. You ought to just get a sign hanging around your neck, neck. work in progress. Not perfect, but work in progress. Work in progress. Now, we'll come back here in a little while. Go all the way over in the Bible. Go all the way over to the book of 1 Samuel. Let's look at something here. Look at 1 Samuel. Go to chapter 10. The nation of Israel wanted a king. And so... You know, they just kept murmuring and crying and complaining. You've got to be compar- careful what you complain to God about. You might end up with it. 
So God gave him a king through the prophet Samuel. He chose a man named Saul. Saul was a Benjamite. Supernaturally, God called him out of the group of people and all these supernatural things begin to happen. Uh, Samuel anointed him with oil and all this. And Look at verse 5. It said, uh, he, he's speaking to Samuel here. I'm Samuel speaking to Saul. He says, that thou shalt come to the hill of God. Where is the garrison of the Philistines? And it shall come to pass when thou art come hither to the city, that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from a high place with a psaltery and a tabret and a pipe and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. Now notice verse 6. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. You see that in the Bible. Now, God is trying to prepare this guy. He's head and shoulders above everybody else physically, so he's awkward. You know, he looks around and everybody's shorter than him. You know, one of them guys, how's the weather up there, guys, you know? So he's got this kind of chip on his shoulder anyway. He's kind of timid. He's kind of shy. When it came time for his anointing, he's hiding over amongst a bunch of the luggage. So God knew if I'm going to take this guy Saul, uh, the son of Kish, the Benjamite, and make him into a king, I'm going to have to change the way he views himself. Because as long as he views himself in the light of who he is, born to his father in the tribe that he belongs to, he'll never make a king. He'll never be a king. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get him around a bunch of people that prophesy. I'm going to get him around some spiritual people. I'm going to get him around some people that that if he'll get around them enough, he'll begin to emulate, he'll begin to imitate. He'll begin to act like they act. So that has to do with your company. That has to do with your crowd. You will be very discouraged trying to serve God, coming to Island Church and remaining an individual in the crowd. You say, what do you mean? That's why you need to make friends. That's why you need to come to the church. That's why you need to be a part of the fellowships. That's why you need to get around people that believe like you believe. People that pray in tongues. People that believe in giving people that believe in building the kingdom of God, people that are on fire for the Lord, you say, why? Because you will become like what you hang around. And you will never see yourself as progressing in the kingdom of God till you get around other people who are progressing in the kingdom of God. Amen? Now, when we first started Island Church, I had a whole lot of ministerial relationships that I just let go of. I just let go of them. And I knew the Lord would create another group of people or He would cause me to fit into another group of people that believed more like I did than the group of people that I left. And so over a period of about five or six years, God began to introduce me to people, open the doors, do different things, to where now, some 12 years later, I run around with a whole different group of people than I did 15 years ago. Not that the people 15 years ago are any better or any worse, they're just a different crowd, a different company. Now in that company of people, we believe that there's a great move of God, not coming but already starting and stirring among us. We believe that God is using the local church to evangelize the world right now. We believe in sending missions to the world. We're very missions oriented. We're very gifts of the Spirit oriented. We're very supernatural. We're very holiness oriented. We're very righteous. I got around a group of people that think like I do. That's who I spend the majority of my time talking to, ministering with, texting, writing letters to. You say, why? Because we, as iron sharpeneth iron, you say, well, well, I'm new here. Look for somebody. 
somebody to be a prayer partner, somebody to agree with you. Hang around. And listen, here's the deal. People will never come and find you and say, come on and be with us. You've got to go find them and say, I'm here to be with you. It does not work the other way. You say, well, I went over there and I was just waiting for somebody to just come put their arm around me and love me. (laughs) Well, that's all well and good. But you'll go to church after church after church and you will never find anybody that will really do that with any sincerity because nobody ever does. It's when you make the decision, I want what they have. I want that anointing. I want that spirit of faith. I want that vision. I want that in my own personal life. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a pest of myself. If I know where they're going to be, I will be there. I will hang out with them. I will go to where they are. I will do what they do. I will be like the prophets and I will prophesy. God will put you in a company of people like that and he says, now what are you going to do? You can stand around and watch them prophesy. You can stand around and watch them speak the word of God or you can do that too. You can sit around and watch Brother Rusty and others walk in faith and believe God and stand. Or you can make a decision, I'm going to do that too. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to walk in prosperity. I'm going to walk in healing. I'm going to walk in health. I'm going to hang out with the prophets and I'm going to prophesy just like Saul. I may be a servant, but I'm going to see myself as God sees me. And I'm going to do what God tells me to do. That's exactly what God's doing with Saul here. Now notice what it said. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. Why? Because he's around people who the Spirit of the Lord has come upon. When the Spirit of God falls, you want to be there. And if you're in the right company, it'll fall on you. You say, well, you know, I was hoping the Spirit of God would fall Sunday, but I I wasn't going to make it to church, so I kind of hoped he'd fall on me at my house. (laughs) Notice he didn't. Now notice verse 7. And let it be when these signs are come unto thee, that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. Now you got to hear this. He's saying, Samuel the prophet is saying to Saul, Saul, you got to understand, you can't think son of Kish no more. You can't think Benjamite no more. You can't think uh, uh, head and shoulders above everybody. You're going to have to start thinking king. King, king, royalty, king, king, authority, king, king, dominion. So I'm going to get you around some people who are going to change you spiritually. They're going to help you change spiritually. And then as you come away from them, people are going to begin to see not the crowd you're from, but they're going to begin to see on you as the individual, the spirit of God, the favor of God, the healing of God, the prosperity of God, it's on you. Amen. Now notice. And thou shalt go down before me, Samuel speaking to Saul, to Gilgal. And behold, I will come down to thee to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice sacrifices of the peace offerings. Seven days shalt thou tarry, to I come till I come to thee, now notice this, and show thee what thou shalt do. 90% of everything that I do, it was shown me what I should do by other men and women. About 10% of it I've gotten from God, where I've heard from God, 
and God has spoken to me and God has released to me, this is your ministry, this is your anointing, this is what you do, you go to the world, you go to the field ministry, you go to the nations of the world, then you change and you begin to pastor through observation, through fellowships, through relationship, by sitting other under ministries. It is what told me. Now listen, it is the voice within the voice. If you do not understand how to discern the voice within the voice, then you will never receive instruction on what to do in your own life. Many of the people that instructed me, many of the people that taught me, many of the people I still sit under their ministry to this day, they do not know that they were speaking to me personally because it was not them speaking to me personally. Many of them, it was them speaking to a huge crowd, but many in the crowd never heard the voice within the voice. As their voice would speak, then a voice of the Spirit would speak to me. And my spirit would grab hold of what the Holy Spirit was saying to them, through them. And it was told me what I should do. If you think you can go out into the kingdom of God and develop anything, whether it's a pastoral ministry, an apostolic ministry, an evangelical ministry, a prophet's ministry, a teacher's ministry, or be a praise and worship leader, or be a counselor, or be an usher, or be work in the sound booth, or work in the Sunday school, or work with the children, or work with the teens, or do anything in the kingdom of God with the anointing and do it on your own by your own initiative and your own mentality, you're mistaken. You cannot do it. You have to have supernatural inspiration and supernatural information and God uses the voices of men and women that teach you and preach to you to help you to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you. You know how Samuel, excuse me, how Saul ended up. Really, really tragic. Man, you know, everybody's pulling for him here. You're going to be our king. You're going to, and he did for a few years. Man, he was doing good. But then he cut off the voice of Samuel. When he disobeyed the instruction of Samuel, he disobeyed God. And he got himself in trouble. And when he, is it already 832? My goodness, where did my time go? And when he did that, he lost, his family lost. Everybody connected to him lost. Everything that he built was ruined. And God had to raise up a whole nother family and anoint a whole nother king because he cut off the voice that was within the voice that was speaking into his life. Now, I'm going to continue to teach on this on the next few Wednesday nights because I believe there's some things in here that will really help you. Don't be so hard on yourself. Now, let me say that again. Many times you're your own worst taskmaster. You set unrealistic goals and unrealistic standards. You dream unrealistic dreams. You expect unrealistic things. You remove the practical aspect of faith out of your life and expect some grandiose thing to manifest on a continual basis, and it never does, and it keeps you disappointed and discouraged. You think, God, i got to prosper. Lord, I need prosperity. Lord, I need, I need health in my body. Lord, I need a breakthrough mentally. I need a breakthrough in my marriage. I need something to break through. I need a miracle in my life. But what you don't realize is that God wants to release that to you, into your life. But it's not the 
grandiose event that will happen that will take place that will cause all your problems to go away. That just won't happen. What you will do is day by day walk with God, walk in the Spirit, walk with His Word. And as you do, not the practical ability of the world system, but the practical reality of the Word of God. Just the practical application of everyday faithfulness. Faithfulness to pray, faithfulness to the Word of God, faithfulness to the house of God, faithfulness to the things of God, faithfulness to your own calling and your own destiny, that you will begin to see a little breakthrough here. Whoa. And a little one there. Whoa. And a little one there. Wow. And you may go six months and never see And then all of a sudden, another breakthrough. And another small indication that God's doing something. And another small indication. And then next thing you know, another one. And then there may be something large that will happen. And then it will go back down to the same. But then you'll look back over the next few years and you'll add it all up. And it will become the great big miracle. It will become the great big breakthrough. It will become the grandiose manifestation of all that you've desired. God, You just didn't get it all in one big package. You had to walk it out in faith. Change the view of yourself. As you change the view of yourself, you change the view of your God and the way He does things. A lot of people just sit in their misery thinking, God's going to come through. God's going to come through. God's going to come through. I'm going to get the big one. I'm going to get the big one. I'm, and they'll stand year after. I'm going to get the big one. I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to get my miracle. I'm waiting for my big breakthrough. Here it's coming. It's coming. But there's never any change. There's never. You just have this idea that it may happen, and it's not really faith. You're really fooling yourself. But when you make a decision, Day by day. The outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. That's how it started. For, we just started out. We had a little old apartment. What did we pay? $200 a month in rent. We believed God for our groceries. We believed God for the clothes on our back. We didn't see grand mirror, uh, little breakthroughs here. A little, somebody would call and schedule a meeting. God would bless her business a little bit. Somebody would call and schedule another. This had happened. That little. Then every once in a while we'd see a big miracle. But then when you get five or ten years down the road and you look back and you add all of them up and you look at the total package of what God has done, then you appreciate Him for not doing it all at one time. Because if He would have done it all at one time, you would have used it up all at one time. And you would have figured out that in the process, when I started this ten years ago, I've totally changed the way I view myself. I've totally changed the way I view my brothers and sisters in Christ. I've totally changed the way I view God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus. I've totally changed the way I view the Bible and the church. And you will see that that is what the will of God is for there to be a continual metamorphosis. Change from the inside out. The Bible calls it from faith to faith and from glory to glory. That's why you've got to start right where you are. If you fall, get up and get that forward lean to you. And if it's just a little baby step, you take that baby step. And if it's one more, you just get that forward lean and that baby step going. And every time you fall, get up, you keep moving, and you'll get a little breakthrough here. You get a little manifestation here. You get a little breakthrough here, a little something here. And the next thing you know, you'll be on your way. 
This is the greatest lifestyle anybody could ever live on this planet. There's no greater lifestyle anybody could ever live. Your consciousness will change. You will no longer be sin conscious or fail. I make mistakes all the time. I'm just not conscious of them. <laughs> you say, what do you mean? They don't affect me. Well, let me say it like this. They affect me to the point where I'll make changes, but they don't infect me. Amen. They may affect me. I look so, oh, wait, blew it there. And the devil's trying to beat your brain. I, say, I, ain't, I ain't going for that. You tried that 25 years ago. That don't work on me no more. And if it works on you, he'll work it on you. But if it don't work on you no more, he won't work. He can't work it on you no more unless you allow him to do it. Amen. Oh, my time is up. I went eight minutes over. Lift your hands up and worship the Lord. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for your word. Thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and life to us. Thank you that every person here tonight understands and realizes how much you love them. That you're not looking at their failures. You're not looking at their mistakes. You're not looking at their problems or their circumstances. You've already done something about all of that. You're looking at them with eyes of compassion, with eyes of mercy, with eyes of grace and goodness and kindness. And I thank you, Father that you're pulling us all forward in the good things of God. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113 We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.